0: I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Sawyers-Love-It.
1: I'm the sidekick.
0: No, i said co host this time. Okay. My mom was extremely annoyed that we couldn't come up with that word in the last episode. Or Sorry, Beth. Whatever episode it was. She basically texted me, like, co-hosts, moron. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah.
1: I am your other co-host, Sarah Sawyers-Love-It. This is episode four. The chiclet episode.
0: Yeah, there is so much to discuss. Oh,
1: that's a lot. Should we start by talking about the books, or do you wanna like start by unpacking the word chick the words chiclet?
0: Let's start by talking about the books because I think at least for me, talking about the book I read, it really leads into the conversation about Chiclet.
1: Okay. You wanna go first? Sure. Right. Um so, I read Push by Sapphire um which was amazing and in keeping with the the pattern of my my reading schedule for the podcast I finished literally like 20 minutes ago um and I'm just fucked up from <laughs> how amazing and devastating this book is.
0: Yeah, that's a t- it's a tough one. It's been actually a while since I've read it. Uh it's just one of those ones where you're like this was wonderful as far as being a well-written book but also perhaps not something i want to experience again
1: yeah i i get that i am also somebody who really loves to like cry at books Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that i'll come back and reread this in the future
0: do you want to recap it and case people
1: um, don't know it? So, yes. Push is the story of um, Precious, who is a 16-year-old girl. She's having um, her second baby by her father, um, who has been raping her since she was a very small child. Oh, no. um, her first baby, little Mongo, was taken by her... Well, like, was kept by her mom. um, And... No, her... I'm sorry. Her mom's mom, her grandmother. Um, And... She lives with her mom, who's very abusive. Um, She gets kicked out of school for being pregnant and sent to this, like, alternative school called Reach One, Teach One. And that is sort of where she begins to... Um, like, learn to read and and think about, like, you know, how her life can be different. And um, I don't want to spoil too much, just in case you haven't read it. There is a really amazing um, movie adaptation called Precious um, that I have seen. And so I thought that I was prepared for the book. And, um, spoiler alert, I wasn't. So, yeah, that's my recap. Were there... Like queer themes in the book. Uh, yeah, there were some queer characters in the book. Um, her teacher, Blue Rain, um, was gay. Like one of her classmates, Jermaine, was also a lesbian, and also like the author, Sapphire, is is a lesbian as well. So okay.
0: Did you have any feelings
1: about calling this book Chicklet? Um. Yes, I absolutely did um i think that the the term chick lit is pretty reductive when applied to like really anything um so like a lot of the stuff that falls into like more commercial chick lit is like you know jodie picot and and jennifer weiner and and like things that are kind of focused around like families and relationships and and like things that are important to women and when men write about things that are like romance or, or family oriented. It is literature. Yeah. It yeah. is yeah, and I mean even if it's not commercially successful, it's almost certainly critically successful.
0: And I mean uh, are there any men who write chiclet? Like there there are certainly men who write stories with protagonists that are female and that are about
1: Nicholas Sparks writes women. chiclet.
0: and sports sports women in sports women in families i'm not sure why sports is what came out there is your check of the rangers game no (laughs) Uh, i think they're in intermission but
1: um i guess nicholas sparks and so i was actually going to read a book by elon harris but um i went to the library on president's day and i just completely forgot that the library would be closed so um yeah
0: well all right so i'll talk about my book a little bit and then we can continue sort of unpacking chiclet as a phrase um i read he Mele a hilo um which is
1: hawaiian
0: for a hilo song um by rika aoki um
1: i loved this book i love rika she's amazing she wrote yeah. a couple of books of poetry um, seasonal velocities is the name of one, and I am having a blank, so I'm just gonna add the rest of that in in the um, show, show notes. notes. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, this book is great. Um, I I'm guessing that most likely it gets described by folks as like magical realism. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And like that's not really my speed so much. Like I,
1: I like magical realism yeah. a lot actually.
0: Well, um, pretty big Gabo fan. This book was just like incredible. Uh, basically, just follows a series of um, characters living in Hilo, Hawaii. Um, she gives every character like a really unique voice. So there's a lot of pigeon. Um, English and like a glossary for like the Hawaiian terms in the back, um, but it like flows really seamlessly. It flows so seamlessly actually that, particularly at the beginning when I was reading it, I needed to like slow down because I wasn't always keeping track of what character I was reading because she just sort of flows between the characters so effortlessly. Um, it was just a really beautiful book. I was extremely bought into it. It was really interesting, like sort of discussion about like um, consequences of actions. A lot of inf- sort of colonialism. Um, there's one part that is so funny, but if I don't don't explain spoil it, it's it gonna like spoil it. But there's a character, and there's some like miscommunication about this this character, and it's hilarious, um, and like really makes you think as the reader about the assumptions you make about people. Um, and it's just, it was really just generally a phenomenal book. I did think as I was reading it, like how desperately it made me want to like visit slash live in Hawaii, <laughs> which like is not exactly the point <laughs> frame of, of this story as me, like white New Yorker going to live in Hawaii is really, not yeah. like a lot of this book talks about what it means to be Hawaiian sure. and um just the traditions that are are a part of Hawaii um and Hawaiian culture and it was just a really phenomenal book I loved it um which brings me back to the problem with calling it chiclet um because ch- a chiclet to me is pejorative yeah I can't like I I seriously, like, I read this book and I thought to myself, shit, I'm gonna talk about this book and call it Chiclet, and, like, what if Rika finds out about that and is, like, offended because I find it to be an offensive
1: term? So Rika's, like, somebody that I've only met, like, once or twice, and I like her tremendously, but I don't see I don't see her being right offended. I,
0: I mean, I don't know, like I think it's a larger sort of question. Right. When you and I were trying to sort out what books to read, like going through I have to tell you, trying to find chiclet written by people of color that are also queer. Like that was a really like, and there are, there are not, like, Boolean phrases for that shit. Like, it right. was really hard to find. <laughs> well, it's a pretty niche market. There's a problem for me about this idea of what Chiclet is and how it's fluffy and it's not really literature and, like, just because it's about women.
1: Well, and so there's also the problem of saying, well, this is lit- literature for women and so it's not as good as literature for men. And that's pretty fucked up. But also, there's nothing wrong with writing for a female audience.
0: Right. And my problem is that when you are writing for a female audience, you get this term, chicklet, that is, at least for me, like, it strikes me as, like, a less than. And then it comes back, too, to the idea that men and books about men are considered the norm, the standard bear, and everything else is you know tangentially connected and gets a special label um and like all of that was just really it was a very frustrating thing just generally and i'm sort of like well what do we like reclaim chicklet are we you know broadening the scope of what it means so that like yes every female writer is considered chicklet yes every story that has a female protagonist or Concerns itself with "quote
1: unquote" women's issues is yeah chicklet. Then you know, do we do we fucking start calling like purity chicklet? Because I object to that. You just object to Jonathan Franzen. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but so, I, mean, I like, mean, like there are other like male authors who write about female characters. You know, would you call like Dolores Claiborne chicklet or? I have, I
0: know literally nothing about Dolores Claiborne. Okay,
1: uh, misery then. Oh, that's Stephen King. Yeah, so was like Dolores Claiborne is a book by Stephen King.
0: Oh, I'm an idiot. No, you're not. I thought it was an author. No, I'm a legit idiot.
1: I was just trying to think of like female <laughs> characters written by, um, guys. And, and I mean, girls. there are
0: a lot. I think like there's a lot of 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 books <laughs> that are written by men that have um women as protagonists but like
1: and this isn't to say that men can't be feminists and that men can't write chick lit but i also think that there are a lot of not a lot of like dudes who aspire to
0: but like as is chick lit always even feminist you can make the argument that a lot of what's considered like traditionally considered Chicklet is not especially feminist. Yeah, I mean, in you, the sense that it like really promotes very traditional gender norms, and it's tends to be very heteronormative. heteronormative, and everyone is cisgender, and you know all yeah. that sorts of bullshit, which is not what's
1: feminist. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have an answer.
0: And yeah, so like that, this whole thing has been a very interesting.
1: Piece that I've been sort of like tumbling around with, um, and I mean, like, is it different to say like women's literature than it is to say chick lit?
0: But then, like, we come back again to the idea that women's literature it, is like the little sister.
1: It's like a of, tertiary road off of a highway,
0: right? And that men who are writers are the. Standard Bear again. Yeah. And so it just is very frustrating. Yeah, so like that is a, a really frustrating little bit. And even, I mean, um, I, this book, and that's a, a sort of other piece Rika Aoki is Queer. But this book doesn't actually have any, like, explicitly queer characters in it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody, you know, to the best of the reader's knowledge is cisgender. Everyone, to the best of the reader's knowledge, is straight. There's one character who people think is gay, but uh, he's not. Um, And I, like, read an article where Aoki was saying, like, she sort of had this as, like, a vessel. (laughs) Like... To sort of tell her story, but in a, again, I don't want to put words in her mouth and I'm not quoting directly, but it, the way I read it was sort of, like, it's a little bit more palatable to, like, mass audience mm-hmm. because, you know, this
1: is, you know, very traditional
0: story in that sense. Yeah. Um.
1: How is the, like, I'm actually really excited to read it. I haven't, because I just I haven't had time, and, like, it's one of those things where, like, you're a bookseller and so you're reading so much frontless stuff mm-hmm. that you forget that you have, like, just a ton of awesome like backlist stuff and mm-hmm. i have read actually like uh, Rika's other books which are um poetry and so they're you know a little quicker and like you know you can read one digest it and and like move on and but they stick with you was the prose like oh, amazing yeah she's a beautiful writer um, i don't know if
0: i can find the one quote that was just so gorgeous
1: Oh, she's such a beautiful writer. She's yeah, such like a badass person too. Like, I just she's somebody that I would like to know socially. It, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah,
0: I'm struggling to find the quote
1: that I was thinking of. It's okay. We can cut out these long awkward silences. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this
0: not making it easier. <laughs> for me to
1: do you should I do a creepy smile?
0: No, please don't
1: do a free day file. Why am I not finding it? Do you to try to look it up on Goodread- Goodreads. Goodreads. Um, that's not a word. That should just be like a website that's like sick burns. Goodreads.
0: It's a funny joke, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, I'm trying to concentrate. All right, so I've got... Oh, here's what the actual quote that I wanted incongruous elements meet blend do battle the fire meets the water the fire cools the water parts and the land emerges from the sea the words the music the hands the feet only when incongruous elements meet blend do battle and resolve can they become like magic hula oh my god it's so good yeah she's just so i mean it's all so gorgeous And there's, like, there's a lot of layers to the story. It's told, like, generally through the frame of, like, thinking of of hula. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, this hula group, and they're trying to put on a sort of different sort of hula, and not a lot of people think that it's going to work, and the folks who sort of belong to this um, group are not your traditional, like, dancers or beauties and so every one of them has something to sort of like overcome um and the dance at the end is just so beautiful and it just really like there's a lot of different layers to the story like there's a sort of undercurrent of colonialism and what that means and what it means to be hawaiian what it means to be white what it means to be black what it means to be a stranger in a place you know where you don't necessarily belong what it means to, like, change your location in an effort to find the piece of you that's missing. It's really, really beautiful. Um, really enjoyed it. We did have one flat question, but it has nothing to do with anything, really, so. What is it? One of the characters was married, and, um... His wife passed away, and that, like, you learn that at the very beginning of the story. But to my recollection, they mentioned he had kids at the beginning of the story, but then there was no conversation about the children again. Hmm. So I don't know if I made up that he had kids. Like, I have to actually go back and reread it. Yeah. Um, so that was my only, like, overarching sort of question when I came to the end of the story. But it's really, it is beautiful and it's extremely well written and clearly, um, Rika is an amazing, amazing writer. Cool. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about Chiclet anymore? We beat that to death.
1: I mean, I I really, I do. I want to spend hours talking about it, but I don't really think that I have anything new New aside from, like, you know, just sort of the same... Excuse me. Set of frustrations. Yeah,
0: it's just such an uh, like. It's so frustrating, and then like, I think of it as a pejorative term. So what is that saying about like Jennifer Weiner and Jodi Picoult, both authors I've read, and like, you know, Jodi Picoult like really can scratch that like I want to read some miserable oh she, yeah. shit itch. You know what I mean? Like if I want to read something about shit going wrong, like, That's that true. Is I have a, too many
1: Kleenex, but... Yeah.
0: <laughs> I it, it, Like, there's nothing wrong with those books, but I have been acculturated, I don't know, to think that chiclet is a bad term. Yeah. um, And I really... I mean, like, I don't know that these women care at all, because you know, you can call it pejorative all the way to the bank for them, but yeah. like it's still extremely frustrating. And like plenty of men write fluffy shit that
1: isn't, you know so literature. The thing like my I think my real problem with quote unquote chiclet is and I don't have a problem with, with like chiclet as such I have a problem with, like, books being lumped into... Books and authors being lumped into the category of chiclet because I think that, you know, they get pretty homogenized covers and I think that they get overlooked for a lot of, like, literary awards and I think that marketing matters, you know? So, like, if it's not marketed to a broader audience, you're missing out on, on, like other people who might be able to read it, you know? Right. Definitely. So, I, I think that, like, lumping things into the category of chick lit based on who writes it or who reads it sort of limits the amount of critical and commercial success that these books could see.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm thinking because it's the enormous book and it is sitting on uh, um it's sitting on our bookshelf right now but like a little life if hana hanya yanagihara had told the story about like four female friends and i know that there is like an element of the story being really interesting because it is like about you know, development of masculinity and interactions between men or whatever. But if she had told the story and the exact same things had happened to these women characters, you right. simply sub them out, would she have gotten the acclaim that she received? Because would she have gotten exactly what you're saying? This standard fluffy fucking cover. Right. This, Would she have even gotten published a book that large about
1: well I mean the people in the trees was pretty um, no it was pretty critically successful So people liked it it wasn't like didn't like fly off the shelves or anything but it was you know a good book people read it I think that a little life if it had been about women probably would have been published because she's an amazing writer she has a really good way of like weaving stories together in really interesting ways and, and like making her characters really compelling. So I think that it would have been published. I don't think that it would have been, I don't think that it would have had like the, the sort of passionate fandom that is really like sort of crept up around it. And, and let's be clear here. A Little Life is as popular as it is because it is a book that people have read and loved and, and like, really sort of put into the hands of other people. So it, you know, is like a a very word-of-mouth book.
0: But it's also an extremely critically acclaimed book. It is. Would it have been able to get that sort of critical... No. ...praise?
1: But if it were a book that was written by a man about male friendship, it would have been immediately critically lauded it wouldn't have needed to be a word of mouth mm-hmm. book and it would have won the national book award i feel very confident um wait yeah i feel really confident that it would have been like a like almost it's a it would be a given that it was like a an award winner
0: i mean it is i a, a critically acclaimed it is yeah it was shortlisted it's not as though it, yeah it's
1: not like hurting for nominations
0: right but I just, I, I really do wonder if it would have just gotten, like you're saying, the treatment, the, mm-hmm. you know, four women eating a fucking salad on the cover, you know?
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: in soft focus in front of the Leaning Tower
1: of Pisa. Something, yeah.
0: You know, like, I just, I don't know. <sighs> and that, I think, is something to consider.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: And, like, who gets lumped into that category? And who's making those decisions? Like, who is making the choice that this book is Chiclet and this book is literature and whatnot? Because I don't know that the authors are making that choice. I think the authors are sort of at the... Oh, yeah. ...mercy of their...
1: Their editors and publishers and... Agents and not yeah and again
0: this is not to say there's anything wrong with the books that are classified as chiclet it's more about the access to audiences audiences and acclaim and
1: yeah critical eye don't I again I don't have an answer I wish I did
0: I mean we're never really going to get to answers here are we
1: um, yeah, so do you want to talk about our next genre?
0: Yeah, next genre is non-fiction. Alright. It's pretty broad. Yes. So there's that. I imagine we should probably stay away from memoir.
1: Yeah, that was my thinking too. Or autobiography, biography. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Since we just did one more.
0: Now, are we recording over Thanksgiving?
1: Um, I did
0: get permission from Beth to post the texts.
1: Awesome. So. so, this is what I think. I think if we don't do, like, a, an, a nonfiction podcast next week, mm. I think that we should try to see if, Beth, if we can do, like, a, a Beth podcast
0: i'm not sure if she'll agree to that but we'll give it a shot i I didn't in a million years think she'd give me permission to post the uh text messages so i
1: think i think she's pretty enthusiastic about how much she loves us and i think she wants us to know that she loves us and supports our endeavor and and so she would agree to be on our podcast
0: you had me text her today is she excited to see us what did she answer
1: she said, no. <laughs> so. Ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer.
0: <laughs> she did later say, of course, I'm very excited to see the both of you. Yeah. I didn't mention Scouts coming, too.
1: Surprise!
0: Woo! Hedgehog grandbaby.
1: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, um, either next, so next week will either be a
0: special,
1: a, a Beth cast. Death cast. which will be exciting, or we will talk to you about nonfiction. Do you have any idea what nonfiction you'd like to read? No, no.
0: Need to think a little more on it.
1: Yeah, seems easy.
0: I am hopeful that it'll be easier to. uh...
1: Oh, you can read Mia's book
0: to get a hold of stuff. I do like Mia; her we'll
1: book see. is really good. I mean, it is like interviews with people, so I don't know if that falls into like the. Uh, autobiography memoir mm-hmm. sort of thing, but it's yeah. it's awesome, so... All right. Yeah. Alright, so that's our show. Thank you so much for listening to Queering the Shelves podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good night. Or day, whatever. It's happening with you.
0: Have a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Queering the Shelves podcast. Just a reminder that if you want to get in touch, you can email us at queeringtheshelves at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at... Facebook.com slash Queering the Shelves. You can tweet us at Queer the Shelves on Twitter. Podcasts and show notes are available at QueerPodcast.com. You can like, rate, and review us on iTunes and get in touch. Communication is what brings communities together and we feel really lucky to be part of yours. Just standard bear would be Jonathan Franzen. Okay. Well, that's even a substandard bear. I'm not picky.
0: You are just so funny. I
1: think so. Ha ha ha.